social media apps are not necessarily memory keeping apps and they like to give their users a false hope that their memories are archived and will be saved on the internet forever. This is something I'm super passionate about it and I'll talk to anybody about why you should be doing more than just posting your pictures on social media. Hey, welcome to the Memories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping busy families learn how to document their everyday lives using easy and consistent methods. I'm Danielle Lang, and I'm a chronic overshare. I like to put my life on the internet, in journals, on social media, and in people's memories. Memory keeping is a passion of mine. I would even go as far as to call myself an expert. I'm a wife, creator, sister, and expecting mama who runs a successful production business with my husband where we do photography, videography, online streaming, digital product creation, and more. And this is my co-host, Katie. Hey, I'm Katie Eckelbarger. My love for memory keeping started with a bunch of old photo albums spread out on the carpet of my childhood bedroom. Sifting through all the old photographs was like having tickets back in time. I love the conversations it gave me with my family and that I could hold some of my favorite memories in my hands. Now, as a wife, mother, and professional photographer, I'm passionate about helping others capture and preserve their most treasured moments in life for generations to come. We're here to teach you tried and true methods that we've picked up over the years of how to document your everyday moments when life just seems way too busy. We talk about our personal lives, the lessons we've learned, and all of the mistakes we've made along the way. Think of this as your one-stop shop for mama gossip, photographer tips and tricks, real life fails and triumphs, and your final reason to whip out the camera every day. So pull up a seat and get ready to laugh, learn, and document your family with me and my best friend, these two weird gals who are obsessed with memory keeping. This is the Memories Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the third podcast. Woo! How many podcasts are we going to do when we say, welcome to the XXX podcast? <laughs> I don't know. At least for the first 10, it's super exciting. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> We've made it to three. That, welcome that's to true. the 538th podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but anyways, we're, we're really on a roll here, as you can tell, and we're super excited about it. So we hope that you're enjoying listening to the Memories Podcast, too. We've received so much great feedback so far and truly appreciate all you guys, all of our listeners, and everybody who's tuning in with us every week. We've talked about establishing your why when it comes to memory keeping and have given you a few clear steps for getting started with your own memory keeping journey. So now we're going to share some fun and easy apps that can continue to help you get started. So let's start with those apps. We've organized them into a few broad categories like apps you can use for documenting, apps for photo storage, editing, and printing. But we want you to know that like our list is obviously not all-encompassing. There are so many apps out there that can help you with memory keeping. Some of your favorites might be things that we don't even mention and some of other people's favorites. They can leave linked in our Instagram so that we can share them with all of you guys as well. Um, But these are just some of them we know about and some of them that we've heard about and used ourselves. So we wanted to share those as some of our favorites today. There are definitely tons of other apps out there. So to get started, the first apps we're going to talk about is documenting. So what apps you can use to document your memories. So your photos, your videos, etc. So the number one is your own camera on your phone. Believe it or not, that thing in your pocket has a camera on it and video capabilities. So and it's absolutely the easiest thing you can use. Um, one tip is that uh, sometimes we have on our phones, we have our photo icon or our camera thing 
in a folder that is kind of hard to access. So one tip we can share with you is just putting that camera icon um, closest to your thumb or even on your, your home screen so that you don't have to click into a folder um, and you can just click it really quick um, to open to launch that photo and video. That way you have it easily accessible and ready to go. Yeah, when I started wanting to document more, I changed the way my phone was laid out to really prioritize my camera and other apps as well. So think about that while you're thinking about these apps is not only is it important maybe just to have them on your phone, but think about how you can put them on your phone in a way that prioritizes them and helps you focus more on your memory keeping experience. The next app that we like to use for documenting is kind of a fun app. I wanted to throw it in there because it kind of just shows the uniqueness that you can take with different apps. This is an app called Dispo. It's actually an app by David Dobrik, if you guys are familiar with him from like YouTube and his podcasts and all kinds of other things. They just launched the 2.0 version of it, which I haven't fully used, but I understand what Dispo is from before they redid it. So basically what it is, is an app for taking pictures, just like your camera roll, but it is a little different and a little fun in the fact that it's supposed to mimic a disposable camera. It might be fun to try something like Dispo, but there's also other apps similar if you think like Visco or I don't know, Visco is all I can think of, <laughs> but there's just Visco. these these just like other apps that you can use for taking pictures that maybe throw on like filters or whatever, or organize your photos in like a cool and unique way that might get you re-inspired to take pictures. Um, it's just like a fun little app to have. So another one is called One Second a Day, and it is an app that's kind of based on photo and video, but more so video. Basically, it's telling you to um, document like one to, I think, that it goes up to three or five seconds a day. Um, and basically it takes a clip or some videos or um, a few photos from every single day and compiles them into a video. So, and what's cool about the app is that when you set it up, it kind of can look back through your images and your videos and fills in your calendar with photos and videos you already have on your phone. So if you're just starting, um, you can obviously add to it every single day, but it also can kind of backtrack, um, which is kind of nice. So that's, that's something easy and literally takes you like what, less than <laughs> yeah, a second a day to, to record. And it'd be kind of cool to, to look back. And obviously all these apps can be, some of them are free. Some of them, most of them are free, but they do have paid options with them. So it really just, but all of these are free. We're not going to give you guys a whole bunch of apps that cost money. So, but if you want to upgrade, like they have upgraded features. Yeah. I love one second a day. It's one that I'm not currently using, but have always just like wanted to use. My sister uses it. So it's really great. So the next one we have, and the last one we have on our documenting category is two apps that are actually very, very similar about more or less journaling. So they're apps called Day One and then another app called Journey. So they're essentially the same. And there's probably a lot more apps like this out on the app store. So you could just kind of Google for journaling apps and you'll find a big list out there on the internet. We mentioned day one and journey because those are ones that I've heard of and I've actually used day one before in the past and they're apps you can put on your phone, but they usually sync up to your iPad or your computer. So no matter what, it'll remind you to journal. And then these journals are just like paper journals where if you wanted to add in pictures or videos, you could do that. 
a lot of them, like I know Journey has an option to also include your location whenever you're journaling. So then you could always go back and look at like all of the journals you've done across the country or across the world. So if you're on vacation, you can go and like look at all of like your Florida journals and it'll remind you to journal every day, to add a picture, to do whatever you want it to be set up to do. Um, And it prompts you to just like take that time to document. One of my favorite things with day one was to set a reminder to journal every evening. So right before I'd go to bed, I'd get a notification on my phone. I'd just pull up my phone, type a few words, a few sentences, whatever I felt compelled to do in that day. And then I could just journal every day. So the next category we're going to talk about is photo storage. We're going to do a full deep dive into photo storage next week. That's actually our next podcast. It's going to be all about just creating redundancies, backing up your memories, all that kind of stuff. So we're skimming the surface this week with just a few apps you can put on your phone or on your devices to help you get started. But just know that we'll go deep dive into this, into these apps, into other methods, uh, into just like backing up your memories in general. We'll do all of that next week. So the next app we're going to talk about is Google Photos. Google Photos is essentially for all of our users out there who maybe don't have iCloud. There's obviously differences between iCloud and Google Photos too, but if you have an Android device or any other device that's not Apple, you have to find a different way to back up your photos on those devices. And one of the main ways is to use Google Photos. Even if you have an iPhone though, you can use Google Photos. They still have an app you can put on your phone um, and use that as your backup method. And you can just essentially upload those photos or set it to auto upload certain photos. And it's storing those photos and videos or whatever you have in a safe spot on a safe account, like in the cloud, I guess, as they would say, (laughs) and saved for you to look at later and on different devices. And if your phone breaks, you still have them, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I love that because um, we we definitely need to back up our photos elsewhere on our phones. Because like you said, I mean, if it breaks um, or if whatever your SIM card, if they still use those things, um, get broken or whatever. I mean, God forbid your phone gets stolen or you drop it and it breaks. um, You have it and you have, you still have those photos. Um, the next one would be iCloud. So if you use, if you're an iPhone user, you are obviously familiar with iCloud. However, I would love to put in a disclosure that I recently learned about. Um, so, you know, we do not know everything. I do not know everything. Um, I had even told my, uh, somebody, a friend recently that they asked, they're like, well, if I have my iCloud's photos set up, um, can I delete the, the photos in my phone and will I still be on the iCloud? And I automatically was like, yeah, of course, absolutely. Like, d- delete them off your your iPhone. Um, they're they're going to be saved on the cloud. They're going to be saved. And then, you know, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I should probably look into that. And then come to find out, I was absolutely wrong. Um, so just if, FYI, if you use your iPhone or, or Mac, whatever, and if you store things in the iCloud, if you delete them um, on your phone, they then delete on the cloud. So you need to make sure that you read and research and make sure that your photos are actually safe. So, um, and I was actually surprised to know that not a lot of people knew that, that used iCloud. So just FYI, but for people who use, um, multiple devices, like, you know, your MacBook or your iPhone, and you're always constantly jumping from device to device, iCloud, can be very helpful because it kind of acts like a Dropbox. No matter what device you're using, you can still access those same photos as long as you keep them on your devices. Um, 
So yeah, and then Danielle, you have one more that you wanted to touch on. Yeah, so to go along with all three of these, they're all essentially the same. They just kind of are for different devices, have little tweaks and different things about them. But the last one is Amazon Photos, which I have not personally used. I just know that it's a really popular one. I'm assuming it functions a lot the same as iCloud and Google Photos. So it's just like another way to back up those photos for you on a cloud-based service that's like on the internet and you can access in different in different spots. But all of these that we've mentioned, it's super important that we create redundancies, which is why next week we're going to talk about why you can have these apps and use them on your phone, but they're not the end-all be-all for your photo storage or video storage. And we'll deep dive next week into that with our next podcast, all about backing up your memories. So the next thing we want to talk about app-wise is editing. So, you know, you, you take the photo and sometimes it doesn't really look like you'd want to print it or you'd want to post it on social media. So you're probably wondering, okay, what are the best apps? apps that I can edit this photo or video with. So the first one I'm going to touch on is Lightroom and Photoshop apps. They both have apps that you can use on your um, phone or sometimes your tablet. Um, and those are great apps to adjust lighting, colors, you can crop them, straighten them. And then some, and I cannot remember if the free versions include this, but I know that with Photoshop, if you pay for a subscription, I want to say it's only like I don't even know, maybe 10 bucks a month or less, you can remove objects. Like if you, if there's a stop sign in the background or, um, if somebody has a, a bad acne, um, something like that, you can remove those blemishes and those objects with a paid subscription. And it's actually really, really easy on your phone, like probably scarily easy. Like why do I even, why am I even a professional (laughs) photographer? But no, seriously, um, you can do some stuff like very, very minimal, um, removal of objects within the app, which makes it super helpful. Yeah. And to go along with that, there are so many Adobe apps out there that are great for a lot of different things that you can utilize to help you with your memory keeping journey. Lightroom and Photoshop are just some of the first that come to mind for a lot of people because we talk a lot about photo editing, but there's all kinds of Adobe apps that help you put together different layouts, like their designer apps and things like that. So you can make different spreads and stuff, but we're just mentioning like Lightroom and Photoshop because those are some of the most popular, and I know that those ones are free to use or at least get started. And they sound a little bit scary, especially if you've never had a Lightroom or Photoshop like subscription on your desktop, but the apps on your phone are really easy to learn for beginners too. So if you've never had any, have you've never professionally edited anything, like I could totally have a friend that's never heard of that. Go download those two apps and use them within the first day. I mean, it's very, it's not that complicated. Yeah. It's definitely simple to get started and understand. And you can learn all of the basics with like YouTube videos and things like that. And it's really easy to do the basics on your phone for sure. So the next app we're going to talk about in regards to editing is an app called PicMonkey. This is one of my favorites. We actually pay for a subscription for this service because we love it so much, but you don't have to, like we've been saying, this one is free too. Um, but this is how you can do a lot more. They have simple editing stuff, like they'll let you change the lighting and stuff, but it's just not great for that. Their big thing is you can add words and graphics. You can crop different things. You can kind of make some collages. A lot of our YouTube thumbnails, actually not even a lot. I would say like all of our YouTube thumbnails are made in PicMonkey. Um, we also like to make different graphics for like social media and stuff on PicMonkey. Like if I'm doing something for my business or Trevor's doing something um, for his gaming channel or stuff, We'll make those collages in PicMonkey and you can put words and shapes and all kinds of stuff on that. So if you're wanting to create something cool, something a little bit more collagey or scrapbooky looking, 
Um, PicMonkey is a really cool app to have. You can have it on your phone, tablet. It's even accessed from the computer. So you can just go to PicMonkey.com and use it. Um, so it's really, really great to just have and use and throw some different fun things on it as well. And the last one in the editing category is more video based and that is iMovie. Um, so obviously I don't know what the Android version is of this. Maybe we should have put that in there. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Can you tell we're like Apple users? <laughs> we're Apple users. <laughs> yes. No dissing on the Android family. I came from the Android family and I miss it sometimes, but sorry, I'm not, I've I've converted to the dark side. Um, anyway, so iMovie, it would, would be for um, Apple, obviously. Yeah, it comes free on all Apple devices. I don't even think you can get it on an Android device. It would have to only be Apple. I don't think it, we should have probably looked up the Android version. <laughs> sorry, Android users. We, we just so love sorry. iMovie. I'm sure you guys know, though, what is equivalent to the iMovie. So basically, it is an app where you can piece together videos, so different video clips. Like, say, like I took video clips from our family vacation or the last month worth of stuff of my kids just playing around the house or we going and doing stuff. I can take all those different video clips and piece them together into one video. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about iMovie because we use it very, very heavily. Um, well, we used to until we upgraded to like a paid version of not this app. But iMovie is super nice even on your phone. I know so many beginner YouTubers or people who are just started with video that use iMovie straight from their phone. You can film clips on your phone, take them right over to iMovie, edit them so easy over there, and it's completely free. And for being a free software, I've used a lot of video editing softwares, and iMovie is like probably one of the best free ones out there. So if you have an Apple device, it should already be on your device. If not, you can download it again and it's so easy to use and get started. You could even put photos in there if you're looking to create like a slideshow or something like that and set it to music. iMovie has so many capabilities for you to make really cool videos that you can share online or keep for yourself or just have like a cohesive video of a certain moment. So next and last on the apps category list is my favorite actually. It's all about printing your photos. So the first one we're gonna talk about is chat books. I love my chat books. So we've done them for about oh, almost a year now. So basically what it is, is chat books is an app that you would, um, I'm pretty sure it's available for Android and iPhone, but it is, basically an app where you download it and then you choose where um, you want to pull your photos from. And essentially you are picking out photos to create a miniature book out of. So what you do is um, you would pick, you can get your photos from like Facebook, you can get them from Instagram, your camera roll, um, and a lot of other different platforms. It connects to this app and then you would choose which photos you want to go into this little book. So these books, they can be hardcover, softcover. You can um, customize the cover with a photo or words or a design. And then basically it has 60 pages. So 60 photos that you can even add um, captions to. Like let's say if you connected to Instagram, it would even pull your captions which is um, really cool too, because then if you forget, you know, the funny story that went with the moment, you can pull the caption too without having to rewrite it over. So basically you create a miniature book out of these and then every 60 images, it sends you this book in the mail. Now, 
I know that you're expecting Danielle and I cannot wait until you have a little one (laughs) and you can experience this too. But it is so cool that when we get this green slash teal blue package in the mail, we know exactly that it's a trap book and my kids get so excited because they want to open it and they sit on the floor (laughs) and they look through it. And it is so cool because it, I've, I've now started, I've, what was it? I've done chat books now from when me and my husband have gotten together all the way until now. So it's really cool. So like every 60, 60 images, it'll send you a new book. Okay. So we love chat books so much. So we, we have a referral link for you. So if you click the link down in the show notes, you will get $10 off your first chat book. Um, so it just kind of like our thank you to you. So definitely use that in, um, happy chat booking. So Danielle, what is the next one? I know that you, you really like this next one. Yeah. So the next one is an app called Polaroid Zip. It actually is an app that needs something else. So you do actually have to go out and purchase something. It's called the Polaroid Zip. You can buy it at Walmart, Target, almost any little store like that. And it's a tiny little printer. So I talk about Polaroid Zip because I have one, but I know like HP has the same sort of thing. I can't remember exactly what theirs is called, but they're tiny little printers. And when I say tiny, I mean like smaller than the palm of your hand. I can throw it in my bag. It has special little paper that my Polaroid Zip will print on. And I have an app on my phone that lets me print photos straight from my phone. I love my Polaroid Zip and I wanted to include it as an app option for printing photos because you don't have to send these off anywhere. It's something you can just have at home and to use really, really quickly. The Polaroid Zip's also really nice. I can't speak to the other printer printers out there that are like it, but I know the Polaroid Zip, the paper has a sticky back so you can peel off the back if you want and stick it to things, which is the most used thing for me because I'll print out pictures and then put them in journals on my the back of my laptop. I can put them in different scrapbooks, things like that. So the Polaroid Zip is an app that I love to use to just print easy, tiny little pictures all by myself at home. Oh yeah, this is really cool. I just looked it up. So uh, it, it is very neat. I like that they can, they're sticky too. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Huh, that's awesome. Okay, so then the last one is, um, this isn't, I guess it is an app. It is an app, but it's also like a website and it is for printing photos. It is called mpix.com and it is a professional printing service for prints, albums, wall art, all kinds of the stuff um, to printing your photos. This app is perfect if you are ready to take whatever photos you've taken on your phone and get them on your wall. So let's say you have some favorite images of your family vacation or um, some really cute pictures of your kiddos or maybe just you and your husband. Um, so if you want, you can you download this app and then it works kind of just like chat books. You basically can create... Um, photo books or prints and then you can do it right from the app or your desktop and then just have them printed and shipped to you so that's another really easy easy way to get them off your phone and into your lives as a physical product yeah and mpix is definitely going to be like the best quality option that we've given you today as far as printing your photos so if you're looking to do something a little bit higher in that's not necessarily like 
going to a professional, you still want to just do it yourself. And Pix is definitely the best option for you. Yes. And there'll be a whole other episode talking about like printing and like pros <laughs> and cons. Cause like as a professional photographer, like I feel like, and I know Daniel feels the same way. Like we cringe when people say that they print their photos at Walmart or Walgreens or Shutterfly. Like we just want to cry inside. Um, and we'll explain why in a future podcast. Um, but yes, MPix is something that we recommend to all of our clients and uh, we would definitely recommend for you guys too. Okay. So we've talked a lot about these apps. We've given you a lot of them and they'll definitely all be linked in the show notes or at least listed down in the show notes. I'm not sure we can throw a link for every single one, but we'll definitely list them all so you guys can reference that as well. But you may have noticed that throughout today's podcast, we haven't mentioned any social media. And the reason for that is because social media apps are not necessarily memory keeping apps. And they like to give their users a false hope that their memories are archived and will be saved on the internet forever. This is something I'm super passionate about it. And I'll talk to anybody about why you should be doing more than just posting your pictures on social media. While this is true that they are on the the app for most cases for like ever, there are certain things that you're going to want to be aware of about all the apps, including social media especially. So the first one you're going to want to just be aware of is to read your terms and conditions. Nobody... Nobody reads these (laughs) and I don't want you to necessarily spend all the time reading it, but it is important to do a little bit of research and understand that on most social media applications, you don't own all the rights to these images, to these videos, to whatever you just posted, because by sharing your photos on the apps, you're usually giving these platforms certain rights to use and redistribute your photos and stuff like that. So for example, on Instagram, If you post a picture on Instagram, they have the right, because you signed the terms and conditions when you made your account, to push your photos for different things, like showing up on the Discover page, using your photos in their sort of ads, and sharing them across their their application like that. Doesn't necessarily mean that Instagram's gonna take your photos off off the app and put it on a billboard or something crazy like that. Most cases, that's not going to happen, but... There are some terms and conditions that you need to make sure that you're aware of because this is this app has rights to your photos and your videos and whatever you're putting out there and you want to know what those rights are. The second reason why I don't love social media as a memory keeping method is because your account can get hacked. So hacking happens far too often and maybe there's even a few people on here that have been hacked before. And normally there's ways to recover your accounts. It's pretty simple, but sometimes you can not be so lucky. So this would mean that any photos, videos, journaling prompts, different things you've posted on Facebook, whatever it is that you have on these social media accounts could be just gone or could not be yours to access anymore. So getting your account hacked can be one of the scariest things if that's your only way of saving your photos. So thinking like, hey, I posted this on Instagram. It's there forever. That's not true. (laughs) They could get hacked. Uh, Instagram could take your photos and use it for something that maybe you didn't love. And they're not really yours and could be taken from you at any moment. So the third one is social media sites can disappear. So does anybody know about MySpace? I don't know about you, but I'm 26 and so is Danielle. And (laughs) we were both just chatting about how MySpace was the thing when we were in high school. And we loved it. I put all my photos on there. And I know that she had said that she loved doing all kinds of 
just different things. I loved the coding of it. I I posted like all kinds of stupid word, like journal entries essentially on MySpace. Like I don't even know what I did. I was like in seventh grade. <laughs> Regardless. So there are social media platforms that disappear. Oh, or like TikTok, how that kind of disappeared for a little bit. I mean, it's back, but yeah. Yeah. Essentially, anything can disappear. And that means all of your photos, all of your videos can disappear. So that's another reason why social media sites aren't the best way to memory keep in the long run. So everything we mentioned today, it's important to circle back to the idea that these apps are ways to help you get started. Social media is a place that you can put your stuff, but none of this should be the end-all be-all of your memory keeping or your storage for these photos. So next week's podcast is going to be all about backing up your memories, which might sound boring, but it's actually super important. And there's nothing worse than losing all of the memories that you've stored or saved on your phone or put on these different devices, and you lose all of that hard work. Sometimes it makes you cringe so hard, and I've definitely been there. We posted a vlog not too long ago where we lost a bunch of our vlog footage, like two months worth of vlog footage that I had saved on an SD card but never put on our hard drive, never did anything with. I had kind of forgotten it was there and then rewrote over that SD card, and we lost like two months worth of memories. So I get the struggle and I get the pain. And that's why next week we want to talk about backing up your memories and creating redundancies that are more than just social media or even these apps that we mentioned earlier. I am cringing just thinking about you losing two months worth of stuff because I know how much you blog. Um, And yeah, it's happened to me before. And thankfully there are services out there called um, some of one of them is called recover it. Um, And we'll talk about that too. We'll kind of touch on what happens if you do lose um, some information, Mm -hmm. but definitely don't rely on that. Don't rely on any of these apps. Don't rely on (laughs) social media or anything. Yes. Have a plan in place and most importantly, have two plans in place. (laughs) Um, And we'll talk about backing up your, your information in usually two, maybe even sometimes three spots. Um, so yeah, don't, don't let it sound too boring. Seriously. You're going to want to stick around for next week's podcast. So to end all, um, here's the challenge for you guys this week is to download one to three of these apps that we've talked about, or do some searching on your own. Um, just go to the app store, um, type in photo video and see what you come up with. See some, see what catches your eye, um, download them and then find out what, what works best for you. So what works for us may not work for you guys. Just kind of play around with each app and figure out what fits your lifestyle and your way of memory keeping the best. And like I mentioned earlier, everything will be linked or listed in the show notes. So be sure to check those out. I know we went over so many apps today, but I hope at least at least one of them caught your attention and is something fun that you might think that you want to do. So we will end you, leave you there in the podcast and we'll see you guys next week in our podcast all about backing up your memories. Sounds like a fun topic. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) 